Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things you've been blessing us with oh so much. We truly thank you for all the grace and the mercy that you pour upon us. We thank you for the time that you're allowing us to be able to study your word. Help us now as we get into it to understand it, apply it in the right way, draw close to you, build our faith and trust in you and in your word through the process. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study of May to Z in the word judgment, last time we were in Exodus chapter 12, and we saw here the beginning of the judgment of the death of the firstborn in Egypt, right at the time of the final judgment the Exodus begins and the children of Israel are able to leave Egypt. Let's pick up this account once again in Exodus chapter 12 in verse 18. In the first month on the fourteenth day of the month at even, ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses, for whosoever eateth that which is leaven. Even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations, shall ye eat unleavened bread. Now these rituals, you might say, these proceedings were given as lessons, as meanings behind all of this. And the leavening representing a a force that comes in and alters the substance. Because when you put leaven in dough, you know it causes the rising. And this is representative of being indwelt with sin and that change in you is what this was representing. So becoming sinless, not becoming participant of sin and sinful behavior so when we get saved, we are washed in the blood, we are cleansed of our sins, and we need to keep sin out, keep the leavening out. And that's what these were representing, as it continues in verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families, and kill the Passover. Now, identified as Passover is it will the, the destroyer has been described. The death angel that will come and strike the firstborn will pass over, literally pass over or pass by the house that has the blood on the doorpost and on the lentil across the top there, indicating that there are children of Israel in there. As when we come judgment day, our passed over judgment because of the blood of Jesus Christ that we are cleansed in. As it continues, verse 22. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lentil and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lentil and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door, and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your house to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. 
And it shall come to pass when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. Memorial, reminding them of what they have gone through and a look forward to Jesus Christ dying on the cross, the Lamb of God and His blood. Verse 26, And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses, and the people bowed the head and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, and so did they. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night, and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as ye have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, about six hundred thousand on foot that were men beside children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle." And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victual. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was four hundred and thirty years, just like was prophesied, given to Abraham, that we covered last time, about the four hundred years. And it came to pass at the end of the four hundred and thirty years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their generations. And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof, but every man's servant that is brought is bought for money when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof.
A foreigner and a hired servant shall eat, shall not eat thereof. In one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee, and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as one that is born in the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. This opening up the availability of these rituals and the sacrifices, consuming of that, and so forth, opening it up to strangers. It's talking about those that are not of the household of the Israelites. Is a indication of how salvation will become available to all mankind, not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles also. It continues, verse 49. One law shall be to him that is home-born, and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Thus did all the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass the selfsame day that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. All of this coming upon them, all of these procedures, these rituals and so forth, representing Salvation, representing the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, representing being able to be passed over judgment that would come upon everyone for sin. So all these various rituals and ordinances given to the children of Israel in the past were for a purpose, to show obedience, to show reverence to the Lord, to show faith in the Lord, and prophesying things to come, things that they were looking forward to occur at the coming of Jesus Christ in the sacrifice that he would give his blood for us. He would die on that cross being the ultimate lamb so this, so that his blood upon us, and we can be a part of the Passover as well. So when the judgment comes, he'll pass over us, and like I said, these various rituals and so forth were little clues, little hints about the prophecies, about the things that would come to be that we now look back to and see that the Lord fulfilled in His coming and His ultimate sacrifice of shedding His blood for us, the ultimate Lamb of God. All right, now turn on over to Exodus chapter 18. Now, by this time, Moses has been with the children of Israel, and they've gone through a lot, and he's getting a bit overwhelmed in being the one that is basically set up like a judge to keep peace. And we see how this unfolds in Exodus chapter 18, picking up in verse 7. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, now, his father-in-law was a priest, so a very wise man. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and did obsence and kissed him. 
And they asked each other of their welfare, and they came into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all the travail that had come upon them by the way, and how the Lord delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced. Jethro is the name of Moses' father-in-law. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, for in the thing wherein they dwelt proudly he was above them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron came and all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from, from the morning unto the evening. Now this judging is, he came and established this in order to keep peace amongst the people. If there was an issue, if there was a disagreement, if there was some kind of a problem going on, they would bring it to the judge, Moses being the judge at the time, to be evaluated by him to determine what would happen one way or the other. And that's the kind of judging that he's speaking of here. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto evening? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another." And I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. He wasn't saying that he was doing something in error in a way of being evil. No, he was saying, this isn't going to work because you're going to wear out. You're going to get burnt out. In verse 19, Hearken now unto my voice, I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. Establishing a governmental system of judges, different levels, so that all of this responsibility doesn't fall just on Moses. As he continues, And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee. 
It's kind of how we have established in this country the local courts, the minimum courts, all the way up to the most important court, which you would look at as being the Supreme Court. The various ones, and this is in various degrees as well. And let them judge the people of all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then shalt thou shalt be able to endure. And all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons. The hard causes they brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. So that was a very important thing to set up and establish there. In verse 27, And Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into his own land. So it was a great help there that Jethro came and gave him that wisdom that came from the Lord. And it really made things a lot more organized and peaceful and a lot less stress upon Moses to have these other judges, these other assistants, these other folks to help out and help him be able to do that was very important and keeping the peace. All right, now turn on over to Exodus chapter 20, where we see the most profound of the ordinances considered commandments, where the Lord gives Moses the Ten Commandments. He gets Moses to come up on Mount Sinai and keeping the people down below, but watching up on the mountain, seeing the the lightning and the clouds and so forth going on up there at the top of the mountain. But Moses up there speaking with the Lord directly, and we see him delivering him what we identify as the Ten Commandments. It would be carved in stone. Let's read those here in Exodus chapter 20, picking it up in verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Now these commandments are a guideline of us to know how to behave. They are all for our benefit to have peace, to have a civilized organization of people, to have a civilized life, and to have a good relationship with the Lord. 
So they are all to our benefit. This first one is emphasized by the Lord Jesus in the Gospels, where he tells us to love God with all of our our substance, everything, to love him with everything of our existence. As he continues, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. This taking of the Lord's name in vain would be to use his name in a way that is not glorifying to the Lord. And it also applies to if someone proclaims that they are a Christian, taking on the name Christian and are not, or do it in a way that is not Christian in their ungodly behavior as a so-called Christian, that would fall under this as well. As it continues, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no do not any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy man servant nor thy maid servant nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, the importance of the Sabbath day, the day off, is emphasized here. We need to take a day off. That's what he's speaking of. Or you don't do any work. And he gave us that example because he created everything in six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested, or he stopped from doing the work, and then given us that example, to take that day of rest for us. Verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. This is considered the first commandment with promise. The first one, pointing out the reward that you will receive for fulfilling this commandment. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, indicating that we will have rewards for doing the will of the Lord. Verse 13, Thou shalt not kill... Now, if you go a little deeper into the study of the Hebrew word here, which is translated to kill, this is meaning to take a life without cause, take a life unjustified homicide, basically, murder. Verse 14, thou shalt not commit adultery. Pretty clear, pretty simple. Don't cheat on each other. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not steal. That's taking something that doesn't belong to you. It's clear and simple. But yet, there's a lot of people that steal in various ways. Verse 16, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Don't be lying on each other, in other words. Don't be telling lies that hurt someone else. Verse 17, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Now, covet means to desire something... Uh, that someone else has and feeling that you deserve it more than they do. That's when it reaches a level of covetousness. 
thinking that, well, you deserve that better than they do. Not just desiring to have the same thing, but to have it rather than them. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Thus we see the Ten Commandments. And we've been given these as well as the other laws and ordinances, some 613 statutes, ordinances of the Old Testament given to us to help us understand what is right, what is wrong, and to know the will of the Lord in our lives and to emphasize what is righteous and what is unrighteous, to give us that awareness of it, to give us that understanding of what the will of the Lord is, is so important. And we can find that out by studying His Word and also by listening up to the Holy Ghost. But as I spoke before, we can see over in Matthew chapter 22, the words of Jesus Christ emphasizing the two great commandments. Where he says here, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. That takes in what we read in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 7. And that is the first and greatest commandment. To really love God with all your existence. You do that and it is, as he says, this is the first and great commandment. As he continues in Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Difficult, yes, many times very difficult, depending on who you're considering your neighbor. But that's what we're supposed to do. It's the second and great commandment. And then in verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. See, if we truly do these two great commandments that he's telling us in Matthew chapter 22, and then that covers all those 613 statutes and ordinances of the old covenant, and looking forward to the New Testament, where he emphasizes the two great commandments, and in doing those two great commandments, it fulfills all the other ordinances, all the other commandments, all the other, because he, he puts that in there, prophets. It's what they all taught. It all goes back to those two great commandments. Because if you love your neighbor, you're not going to be lying on them. You're not going to be stealing from them. You're not going to be wishing that you had what they had instead of them having it. So all that falls right into place. You're not going to be murdering your neighbor if you love your neighbor. So it all goes right back to those two great commandments. There's so much available to us when we really listen up to the Lord. And those commandments that keep us from the judgment of sinners. When we trust in the Lord, follow His guidelines, listen to His ordinances, and then we can be pleasing to the Lord, bear the fruits of the Holy Ghost to help others and be pardoned when it comes time for judgment. 
that Passover that we studied earlier, that we can be found innocent, we can be justified by the washing away of our sins, by the sacrifice of the ultimate lamb, and then we can have that Passover upon us. Judgment will pass over us. So these things, these histories that we can study, all have great meaning. That's why the Lord's preserved them in, in His Word for us to be able to study. And it reveals to us His plan, how long it's been laid out, and how intricately the details and so forth. And we can really look forward to the prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled. Knowing when we look back at these of the past, how accurately they were recorded for us to study and know that we can depend on the Word of God, and we can depend on the blessings that are coming our way for being obedient to the will of the Lord. So love God with all your existence, and love others as yourself, and then you'll be pardoned from your sins, and you'll be found innocent, and the judgment of condemnation will not come upon you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for your word. It's so awesome when you give us this opportunity to study, digging down in there to find those details. Help us always to have that hunger to do that very thing, to build our faith and trust in you and in your word. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.